0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of National Fire Radio on the audio platform. Today, I got another rock star on the air with me, Battalion Chief Frank Malta of the Frederick County, Maryland Fire Department. He's the battalion chief in charge of training, a topic that everybody is passionate about or should be passionate about. And we're going to hop into the rabbit hole of going down and talking about training and what goes on from the admin side down to Uh, expectations of the program and so on. So Frank, thanks for joining me, brother.
1: Hey man, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure as always.
0: You know, we, we got to connect a while back. I had you on the podcast a while back and it was just a lot of fun and it was a very good conversation. And before we go down the, the, the road of training, you know, I wanted to ask you this. I have seen such a commitment from you on your Instagram, especially on social media about putting out tips on training or, or tactical tidbits or, or operational things or culture items and so on why is that so important why are you spending so much time on doing that
1: well so uh you know kind of what i alluded to during the podcast a while back was uh that's kind of where people go for their information now so uh you know i I send out department-wide emails periodically and uh, you know there's certainly um you know books i'm I'm a big book guy but i think the majority of people um it's just not their thing to read books or magazines anymore. They they utilize the electronic platforms more than anything. So, uh, if if you want to capture the audience, you got to go where the audience is. I
0: love that, but I mean, you your your content though is uh, you certainly put time and energy into it, right? So it's not just. Uh, You know, it's not just whipping up a post, a picture, and a few words, right? Like you're putting a lot of effort into it, and I think that that just speaks to uh, the credibility and the and the experience that you want to share. I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it definitely, it definitely is. uh, It is work, uh, contrary to (laughs) popular belief. Uh, You know, I'm I'm pretty uh, emphatic about taking pictures. I've always been been huge on pictures, so I have. You know, probably tens of thousands of pictures and videos that I that I can pull from. I just got to a remember that I have them and where to find them. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, man, like I just see stuff throughout the day and I kind of make a a mental note. You know, if we run a fire and I see something the guys did cool or training wise, you know, something new uh, and that's kind of the inspiration and then it goes from there.
0: I love it, man. Well, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you taking some time out today. I know you're busy. We're trying to get this lined up between naps and school pickup and everything else. So, I mean, (laughs) the struggle is real, and I totally get it, man. Um, So, listen, I want to hop in. I know, uh, you know, being a chief in charge of training – uh, for a county department. Um, I know you're busy and I know that you have a passion for it. And I started off the conversation before we went live on the recording about I love seeing departments that are putting chiefs in the position of training that are in their younger years in the fire service. I mean, you're in your mid 30s, mid to upper 30s in the age range. And how many years do you have on the department now, chief?
1: Uh, 19. I started my 19th year in August.
0: 19 years, and you're probably as fired up, if not more fired up, than the day you walked in the uh into the door. No, I
1: would I would say more now than ever. So like when you're young, you know it's uh you know you're you're just excited to be there. You know every day is something different, and uh, you know, not that 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 really hasn't changed per se. But as far as uh the the role and the the influence that you have on other people once you you know, if you're doing it right, in, in my opinion, uh, that you start to develop over time. Kind of, it keeps the motivation there when you have people constantly, you know, seeking you out um, for information or, um, you know, just they want to know what you've done and just kind of ways that you can help guide their their performance and career.
0: Yeah, and and so for me, you know, it used to be the traditional spot that the training chief or the guys that get put in the training division or newly promoted chiefs that have to do their stint there before they can get back on the line or before they can retire, right? They got to run through an administrative, uh, you know, an administrative run and then they can get put back out. So that tells me that a lot of times we don't put the right guy in the position. We put a guy in the position. So for you, right, to be in that position uh, after these years in uh, 19 years at 37 years old, like, it's got to be exciting because I know that's a position that you actually enjoy and want to excel at.
1: Yeah, certainly. So, uh, and I think sometimes people look at like the administrative roles as, as like a, a punishment or yeah. whatever. And you know, most people that join the fire department, like I, I think they would, when, when they had the, the initial uh, ambition of joining the fire department, it was to run calls. But as, uh, you know, I go on and, and get more mature and more involved and just under, have an understanding of how fire departments work. Those positions are absolutely essential. Um, to ensure um, you know succession planning and, and a sustainable organization in the future. What
0: what's your push though? Like why why do you why do you find a home there? I mean, you know, because I know that you're a hands-on guy. I know you're a hands-on chief. I know you still like to go to fires because you post about it. You talk about it. <laughs> uh, we've talked about it, right? So I know you Certainly. enjoy that, right? But um, what what is it about being able to craft the plan? for your department and build because you're essentially setting your department up for either failure or success based upon the new recruits that are coming through your door. And you have everything to do with that.
1: Yeah. So uh, like people ask all the time, man, like, Hey, you you like it out there? Like when are you getting out of there or whatever? And I've had numerous opportunities now to leave. Um, and and I've declined them simply because I, I found myself uh, very ingrained in the work, and I, I think probably the biggest reason for that is um, there is a lot of work that goes into it. But uh, most importantly, I'm seeing the results of the work that we're putting in, and and that is a tremendous motivator.
0: Talk to me about that. Like what? How are how are you seeing that? Like where, So all right, let, let's rewind a little bit then. When you walked into the door at the training academy, what? What was it like, and where have you taken it, if you will?
1: Well, sir, I, I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't already on a, a course for success when, sure. I, when I took the reins of, uh, of that position. Um, but we were we were essentially at the when I took over, uh, it was it was right in the the middle of a um, exponential growth period, um, and and that growth period hasn't really slowed down. So a lot of the things were already in motion. So uh, truthfully, it was kind of, of, uh, honing, uh, some of those things, just refining them a little bit to, to combat some of the, uh, you know, just some of the, the things that constantly evolve in the fire department. But, uh, I uh, have, am extremely fortunate to have uh, a staff of, of like-minded individuals, um, who, who also embrace, uh, training. So that, you know, that helps. And, and it's almost as if we feed off of each other, um, you know, to to get the job done. And, and, and because you have so many like minded people, and, and uh, though they're like minded, everybody's mind works different. So uh, as a result, there's a, a constant flow of ideas and ways that we can enhance our programs uh, and, and tweak things to to continue the quest to be the very best.
0: Well, and, and part of that, though, too, is a testament to what you're building there, because a lot of leaders don't want to don't want, they don't want the input from the others. They want it to be their own, right? Like I can, I can see this. I've seen this. I've seen chiefs who it's their, it's their idea. It's their mission and it's their vision and nobody else is allowed to build on top of that, but you're building a culture within your training Academy surrounding yourself with like-minded people that are involved and want to excel at training and better your people. And you're listening to their ideas.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's that's huge, right? Because it would be, uh, naive or ignorant or however you want to say for me to think that I have all the answers for any one person to think that they have all the answers 100%. you know and uh, so to you know, take the experience that I've yeah. I've endured over almost 20 years in that fire department as well as experiences that other people have which, which naturally are going to differ a little bit and, and you know it's easy because of the the amount of uh, things that we're responsible to know, um, you know, because we're not like an organization where, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a truck guy. I only do truck stuff. You know, you kind of have to be a jack of all trade, whether it be EMS, engine company operations, sure. you know, stuff like that. So each each person is kind of like taking their own path. And then when you take those paths and you kind of intertwine them and take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and, and, and put them together to formulate the final product, uh, you get to see tremendous results.
0: I love it, man. I love it. So talk to me about the training academy, right? You said you got three classes coming up for next year. I believe you said.
1: I do. I do. So uh, we are currently uh, running a hiring process right now. That's going to produce the names for the first two. uh, And this is
0: Frederick County, Maryland, right? If people are interested. Yeah. Where can they just so when they're listening, they can be like, Oh shit, let me write this down. Like where can they find information? So if they're interested after hearing this uh, where they can go,
1: if you go to the, uh, the Frederick County uh, government website, um, and, and currently the hiring announcement's closed, uh, but we'll be reopening on October 31st cool. uh, for the, the names for that third class and most likely another class yet to be determined. Wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, on the social media platforms, the Frederick County Fire Rescue, social media, any of the any of the individual companies, you know, we do a pretty good um, job of, of advertising that across all the different platforms um okay but yeah so yeah three classes um it's going to be uh, quite the undertaking it has been done before two, two in a year is, is pretty standard but to run three um and and three within three months of each other yeah uh, you know their start dates is a pretty big undertaking
0: what is the what's the class size about 25 each class then is what you're looking for
1: So typically we don't start them with any less than 25. Uh, it has been done before. Ultimately it depends on, you know, budgetary stuff, what we get approved for, but we were fortunate enough to, uh, we have, um, uh, 20 couple positions that were already previously funded. And then we were actually just awarded a safer grant for, uh, 32 additional positions, um, which is in the whole, the whole, um, The premise behind that is to um, gravitate toward uh, four-person suppression apparatus. So that that class will um, will put uh, seven suppression units uh, to four-person staffing.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Which so then that is something new
1: for the department. I'm I'm sorry, you said something new for the department. Yeah,
0: you said you're going to go up to four four people on a on a on an apparatus. Now, is that? Is, yes, did I hear yeah. that right?
1: So, yeah, so that is new. Our typical uh, our, our minimum is three, and and uh, we get it done continually every day with three. But I, I mean, it goes without saying, an extra person will, will pay dividends. Uh, and I think some of the big driving force behind that, or part of the way that they were able to secure that, is to, um, you know, kind of enhance some of our advanced life support um, capabilities. So they'll, they'll likely be uh, ALS uh, apparatus or paramedic apparatus.
0: Okay. And then, so does that include then in, in, Okay. So then you're going to build out your edge companies to probably represent more of ALS care, right? That's what, that's what I'm
1: hearing. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, the geography of Frederick County is, it, it, it complicates a lot of stuff for us. So like, as far as fire departments go um, a lot of the issues are the same, but what really hinders us in a lot of stuff is our geography because we are Maryland's largest uh, land County. I think it's 649 square miles. Wow. So okay. yeah. So, you know, as far as service delivery, um, we kind of need to put people in a lot of places, regardless of what some of that call volume is simply because of the duration it would take for, you know, someone else to get there.
0: No, it makes sense. But he, so here's where I'm headed with this, right? We're talking about the basic running the training academy. Then, okay. you know, that is basic firefighting, bringing new classes in, new hires, training, educating, building uh, skill sets, teaching tradition, teaching culture, all that for the basic, but your hands are, got to be incredibly full too on the other end of things, which is that in-service training, right? Because you're increasing companies from three to four. You're going to, you're going to start including some ALS services with engine companies that are probably in the outlying areas and so on. So does that all come under you and your training umbrella as well?
1: It does. It does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're not going to have a busy year coming up, man. This is, yeah, this is a walk in the park.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, a recruit training is just about a, about a 10th of what I, am um, responsible. Yeah. For, right, for right, right. Talk about that. So we have uh, yeah, we have our own, um, our, our uh, in, in house uh, paramedic program uh, as well as in-service training. So, and we're only one of three counties in Maryland that have our own uh, fire department ran paramedic program. A lot of the other ones utilize like local community colleges or whatever for that education. Uh, we have the ability to teach that from within. So uh, I have one of those classes starting as well. So a lot of times, uh, or most times what this is, is, um, uh, you know, current firefighter EMTs in the department that, that decide that they would like to go further with their, uh, EMS education, uh, and they apply. Um, and essentially they're, they're detailed to that class. They're off the floor for about 10 months, uh, to get that education. And that's open also to the volunteer members as well. And, um, you know, so they, they, um, uh, you become uh, Maryland licensed Maryland, uh, Maryland paramedics. Right. Uh, and then from there, um, from there, yeah, get assigned uh, whether it's a, a chase car or, you know, moving forward if we go toward, uh, um, paramedic ambulances and then the uh, suppression apparatus. So that's, that's part of it. And then, uh, in-service training, uh, that's a, a constant thing. Um, uh, recently I uh, was able to acquire some uh, structures, um, you know, that we, we kind of cycle the the companies while they're working uh, up to perform various skills. We develop a, a scenario and kind of outline some benchmarks that we're looking for. Right. Um, and then uh, to take that one step further, the in-service component uh, is really going to be catapulting forward here uh, because, uh, you know, it's no secret we had a line of duty death in uh, 2021 right. of uh, Captain Josh Laird. And uh, as a result of the after action report, there were several training items that were outlined um that that we should essentially mandate yearly so you know as as it pertains to like rapid intervention and mayday procedures and stuff like that not anything necessarily that we did incorrectly but things that could be done better recommendations right mm-hmm. so um, let me let me, that's, that's, that's. let me
0: ask you that just going down that road real quick um what type i have to believe though uh that the recommendations I'd like to think were really taken and then broken down by you, your staff, by the chiefs and so on, right? Your command staff and looked at it and said, what can we do better or or how do we craft a a better plan or a more, more proactive plan? I mean, that's, that's gotta be, that has gotta be a hard conversation to have, but looking at the, you know, what comes out of something like that, an event like that um, was, was that hard for you guys?
1: So, uh, the, the after action was, was done with both internal and external people. Uh, and then, yeah, take, we took their recommendations and, and they're, they're all under review currently. So okay. I'm, I'm only for the most part involved with, um, the training items as well as other things that may change that will require training. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is. It, it's, uh, obviously, the circumstances aren't the best, but I think the, the silver lining in it is that um, I'm very fortunate to work for an organization that's willing to take a, a very close look at itself and admit when there's changes need to be made as opposed to sweeping things under the
0: rug. Hell yeah, man. I mean, that, that's the only way we're going to progress forward, right? Yes, we, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we just we can't
0: the, the days of burying our heads in the sand and pretending this shit doesn't happen is uh, it's just over. We can't we can't work that way anymore. I don't care what size department, what type of department. And there's still so many departments out there that very much do that on a regular basis.
1: And it's, it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, whether it's the fire department or politics or whatever, history will repeat itself if changes aren't made.
0: Yeah, sure will. Sure will. So talk to me about the growth then. I mean, you know, you guys, I mean, not only are you uh, new probate classes, so obviously you guys are growing. I'm curious why We're, we'll get there in a second. But the other thing, too, right, is that um, all the in-service training grow, is building out your companies, four-man companies, ALS, uh, it, it, you know, additional ALS services. Proby classes it seems like Frederick County fire department fire rescue is is growing what what well, is what is the growth what's what's prompting that
1: well so probably the biggest thing is is Frederick probably in the early 2000 maybe the late 90s um, Frederick County began to to grow exponentially and I, and I think a lot of it uh, you know and it's seen throughout the United States is where people don't want to live in the cities anymore sure and uh, so you know we're located Conda if you were to draw a line between Baltimore and D.C. and then up to Frederick, it kind of forms a triangle. And any anywhere in between and on the inner side of that triangle um, is seeing exponential growth. You know, so a lot of this is is combating that growth. Um, and then, I, you know, when you have when, when you grow as an organization to a certain level, it, you may not necessarily still be growing in the operational roles, but then you find yourself involved in a lot of uh, additional programs that require people to manage them and, and, 100%. and to facilitate, to facilitate them. So which
0: is often never talked about, right? Because like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're growing, but our services aren't being required yet on a, on, a, on a much higher level. But there's those other build outs that have to come with it. More school visits, fire prevention, fire sub, like all those different things that come along with growth of a community.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those and those are those are things like we'll say external things and then internal things where we have, uh, you know, like our own driver's training program, you know, it takes people and instructors to run that, uh, a fire sure. marshal's office, you know, when there's more, when there's more commercial buildings, there's more places that need to be inspected, you know, so yeah, a- anything that happens in the community will, will have some result, uh, or some, um, it will have an effect on the fire department in some way, and and you got to put the bodies in those positions to make it happen.
0: Yeah, and you need a and you need a command staff and an administration staff that understands and supports the mission, right? And that doing it correctly instead of taking shortcuts and and doing it correctly often require or always requires um, budget, you know. Repre- a representative budget and, and agreements in cooperation with other departments, the city founders. I mean, all that, right? So it's a massive undertaking, and there are so many communities. I talk to guys all over the country that have seen exponential growth in their immediate communities or their first dues. And, man, do they uh, – sorry, my phone's dinging here. Um, but, man, do they feel that squeeze. And sometimes communities can't afford it or they can't give their people the abilities – to build out the department in a way or in response to such rapid growth to build out a, a rapidly build out or add to the department's capabilities.
1: Certainly. Yeah. So, and, and, and we kinda, I'll say that we are very fortunate in what we have been afforded. Uh, you know, when you look at some of the counties around us that have the higher tax base, they're able to, to easily throw money in the direction and manpower in the direction of a lot of things. Right. Whereas, for us, especially to, to kind of get some of these uh, initiatives off the ground, we have to get creative and essentially multitask um, in, until it's established and, and the, the need is proven. And then, uh, you know, then, then kind of the staffing kind of follows. And, you know, I, maybe not the, the right way to do things, but it's a way to do things and um, it's still forward progress.
0: Yeah. Does it excite you?
1: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. To look where we are as an organization now. Compared to uh, where we were as an organization when I got hired in 2004, uh, we, I mean, we've, uh, my, my academy class, uh, we, we broke 100 people uh, when I got hired in 2004, and we're, we're pushing 550 now.
0: Nice. Nice. I mean, it's I, I just have to think, like, I'm, I'm the type of guy, like, I, I love to be busy. And it doesn't matter if it's the fire service or whatever. Like it's just life, right? Like my life's always busy. We you and I were just chatting about that before we went on on the air about you know everything going on and so on. But I have to think too. Like I love at at work being thrown a lot at once. Um, it's kind of like the fireground, right? Like you you have to process and get to different tasks very quickly. And I think with growth of fire districts and things that are coming at you. Uh, it makes you more resourceful and creative in your approach.
1: A hundred percent resourceful. It, it definitely makes you way uh, way more efficient. Um, you know, trying to balance everything and and you know uh, manage a, manage a schedule. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It definitely. Um, yeah. It, it definitely. Uh, makes you you use creativity, yeah, uh, and, and problem solving skills uh, to to get the, the job done. And I'm I'm a mission success kind of guy. So to say like, hey, it can't be done, or we can't do it, um, are words that you won't hear come out of my mouth.
0: No, I love that man. You can't not in your position. You know that's the thing. Yeah. It's like because yeah. you can't falter. You fall down, it. there's a ripple effect throughout the department, right? So if you can't provide that in-service training or you're not giving it your all into this probie class, like you're setting up for uh, 75 potential probies coming through the program next year, and they need to represent the very best and core values of the Frederick County Fire Department. And so you have to be on your game every day.
1: Uh, yeah, 100 percent. And, and uh, that's something that uh, I, I make my expectation very clear to anybody that serves in the capacity uh, in, in the training academy, whether it's as a recruit training instructor, a PT instructor, um, EMS instructor, whatever it may be. Um, that there's a there's an individual in a certain mindset that that, that is um, Ideal for those positions because of the demand and the influence. And, and for a lot of these people, especially in a recruit training environment, you are their very first impression of what it is to be a career firefighter in Frederick County, Maryland. So I- you have to set them up for success.
0: Hell yeah, and I love that because this is where I want to take it. So it was like a fantastic transition to go down this line. But I get inquiries all the time. I get DMs and emails from probies, uh, new firefighters, um, from all over, and they're always asking for advice or they're always looking for, you know, little things to maybe help them along their way or how to how to deal with a situation or whatever. And and I think it's great. You know, years ago, I don't think people would have asked as many questions as they ask today, and so. You know, the fact that they're willing to put themselves out there to ask a question to better themselves... We're not in a position to, to talk down to that or belittle that because it's not the way it used to be. So if they have questions or concerns or, or they're trying to tackle a, a, a subject and they're looking for help, man, now more than ever, we need to be lifting each other up and, and taking some more time to tell a story or give back some feedback to somebody that needs a little bit of back-end help to maybe better their career, especially in their initial stages. And so I know for you and what you said is fantastic. You are in your training academy is the first impression of your fire department's mentality, right? Your, your mission, your goal, the type of department you are. How important is that to set that tempo from day one?
1: Um, It's very, it's very uh, important. And I'll tell you why I think you know, just, just like uh, anybody who's a parent can probably appreciate this. Uh, you know, if, if you don't take certain steps when, you're, when your child is young, uh, it doesn't get any easier as they get older. And the same applies to the fire department. If you don't instill those values, make the expectation known and set that operational tempo early, you're, it's not likely you're going to be able to turn that later on. So if you can get them right out the gate, uh, there's a, a much higher potential for them to go uh, and be productive in their career and continue to strive forward for the duration. I, and that's not saying Everybody has ups and downs in their careers. I've had them. I'm sure you've had them. Absolutely. Uh, but it's all about how you combat that when it happens. It's all about the recovery.
0: Yeah, and, and the reco- a lot of the recovery has to do with who you surround yourself with and the department and their response to you needing that recovery, right? 100%.
1: Like, yeah,
0: man. Talk about that a little bit, please.
1: Yeah, I mean, so and uh, you know, I see it sometimes. I, I don't want to make Frederick County sound like a like an enclave of just you know people that are bouncing off the walls with enthusiasm. We too have people that are Debbie Downers, um, but if you can turn the tide to where you have more people that are upbeat and willing to help work through problems as opposed to be the person that finds a, a problem for every solution, uh, then, you know, you're going to have a way more productive environment. So, um, you know, the, the big thing, like, I think you hit it, the nail on the head. A lot, a lot of times these guys uh, or girls are products of their environment. So if they're around negativity, then, then that's the, that's the tempo that's going to be there. So, uh, you know, it, it, in my opinion, it's all a trickle down from the top, right? If you have, um, you know station officers that are that are kind of conducting themselves that way there should be uh you know somebody at the battalion level that's like hey what's going on what what can i do to help uh how can how can we work through this together because sometimes it's natural we're like man i got an issue and i do not know where to, what to do yeah, from here right. i don't know where to go right so being able and and you know having uh putting the ego aside if you will and and having the um you know uh going and pursuing that that solution and not being afraid to ask for help and, and sometimes you know just a, a simple conversation will will sort of like wow you know what he said that really made sense what he said that i need to change this and this and who knows that alone might be enough to to, to write the course uh as opposed to just allowing it to thrive uh the negativity to thrive because uh that that's that's
0: you there Whoop, i lost yeah. you you there
1: yeah, you? There you are. Yeah, now I can.
0: You dumped out for a minute. Oh, my apologies. No, you're good, man. No worries. Well, listen, I, I will tell you this. Like on this topic, I need to do a better job that I've been doing. I don't find myself uh, spending the amount of time that I should be spending at the firehouse and talking to these younger kids like I used to, and it's really because I'm so spread thin, and I it uh, it bothers me, and and I think you know through National Fire Radio, what this has done for me is it holds me more accountable than I think I've ever been accountable for. And I'm finding that my time is getting squeezed more and more. And so I feel like I'm not doing enough to give back to the next couple guys that deserve more from me. That is a very hard balance, but I do know that the time I do get to spend or if I get to share something, a story or an experience or a tactic or something on the fire ground. we had a fire the, uh, the other night and – uh you know, there were one or two things that I explained to one or two to younger kids why I did what I did. And you could see the look of like, oh, OK, like it, it clicked. Right. Like so I know that's an impact. You make an impact. And and so, you know, we need to do a better job at supporting one another, whether on the fire ground or in the firehouse or that back conver- that conversation in the parking lot. When you get off shift or after a volunteer training session or whatever you are or where you are. Take an extra second, man. Get in, get invested into our people, into our friends, into our brothers. I mean, this is the shit that
1: matters. Yeah, certainly, and, that, and that, that's at all levels. That's not just the company level. Hundred percent, right? That's the battalion level. That's a department level, right? So, and, and I can I can say that uh, even those above me, I, if I have a question about something, I'll, I'm never bothering. You. They, they set time out of their the, hey when you're when you're doing your budget you need to consider this or we need to think ahead about this or this because you know this happened this one time and we didn't take it into that into consideration so you may want to think so it's not always like the cool stuff like hey man like when you're forcing a door like this go about it this way right right, administ- right. It, administratively there's the same like mentorship items and stuff uh, so I, I think that is something that uh, we do well with uh, you know like That's anywhere awesome. there's always room for improvement yeah um, but uh, yeah I mean I. Would I would love to be out and about more than uh, more than I am, and and it sometimes what it boils down to is I just need to look a, a couple weeks out and say on this day, I'm going to this firehouse, there or I'm this day I'm clearing my schedule and I'm going to go down and uh, I'm going to tell my recruit training coordinator, hey, you don't need to hire an extra instructor for this day. I want to be one of your instructors this day. I love it. And you know, just, just staying connected that way, and then the department wide emails, though it's not like a face to face interaction. Like I know, like I send out, you know line of duty death case studies or tactics or this or that. And, um, and then they're being discussed in the firehouse, like around the kitchen table at lineup and stuff like that. So sometimes that, that will be the extent of the effect, you know, that I, that I'm able to be involved. And, uh, though it's not uh, the way that I would prefer to do it, I think it still has some, some merit.
0: Yeah. But how about like, and, and so many things you just said there that I just want to unpack for a minute, but like, even if it's a simple departmental email coming from you in your office, if you will, and you can, get a, you can get a conversation going at the kitchen table about like, hey, did you see that email about that line of duty over in so-and-so? Like, you know, there's a couple of good things that came out, not good, th- a couple of good points to talk about that came out of that event, right? Like, you're facilitating the conversation. If you don't send that email, you don't give the chance or the possibility for people to have that conversation. And so it, it is directly impactful, and that's why I talk about it all the time. The more we talk about this job, Right. The more we talk about this job, the better we make it.
1: Certainly, certainly, because through conversation, like, you're like, hey, man, like when you when you're when you're approaching a scene and you see this, you do this. And then naturally somebody in the audience, will like, well, I remember this one time and they insert like a, an aspect that you may not have thought about. Uh, or just an experience. Like sometimes, some, some of this stuff is like, you, you would never even think about it until somebody yes. says it out loud. Right. Like, right. Holy, holy crap, man. Like you mean to tell me that lady came down out of this and said this, and you had to go through this to do this, you know, like, um, it, you know, it's just, there, there's so many different angles. Like when you think you know it, as soon as, just as soon as you think you know something, man, somebody will come and prove you wrong.
0: hundred percent. But that's what's, that's what I love about this job. And and that's what I love about talking to guys like you and being able to do what I do, man. I learn shit every day. It's so cool, but it's what you do with that, right? Like so many people don't want to learn something every day. So many people don't want to put any effort in to get anything back out. So with all of that said, you have 25 new bright-eyed, bushy-tailed probies looking at you the first day of the academy. Take me through... What is important for you? I have to think, and knowing you and having some, you know, conversations in the past and so on, I want to hit on this again, though, like setting up your proby for success. What are like two or three key things that you guys set the tempo for from day one?
1: So day one, uh, day one within the first 10 minutes when uh, they're sitting in the classroom, just kind of all looking around as strangers and <laughs> yeah. wa- wait, waiting for us to bust through the door. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to be the very first person to speak to them as a class. So um, the two things that I always lead off with in my speech uh, that I feel are very, very important in the fire department is uh, the ability to function as a team because the fire department is a team sport and sports. The, the more and more I, I interact with people, like there's not a lot of people that have ever been a part of a team, right? They've only been worried about themselves and, and that's that. So that's the one thing that I hit on right out the gate, that, uh, that uh, and attention to detail. Um, I like know, that. Uh, that's a good especially one. with Yeah. And it, it's a, it's a tremendous um, uh, aspect of our training, the attention to detail. So um not only like the actual training itself, but just the mentality. Like these guys, the first 10 weeks are are pretty brutal there. Um, And that's uh, because they're, they're getting jammed for everything. Uh, everything like when we do a uniform inspection something as simple as a string hanging off of a button or something like that they're getting gigged for that stuff because it's a failure uh, to pay attention to detail yeah. and, it, and, and you know at the time they're like what what does this have to do at all with being a firefighter and uh, what it boils down to is that that little string you're right that, that has nothing to do with being a firefighter but that same level of attentiveness uh, could have been seeing a wisp of smoke coming from a window door and a size up or noticing something abnormal in someone's vitals when you're assessing a one am land. you know. So it, they all go hand in hand, and it's just making them realize how they go hand in hand and how they need to think and conduct themselves moving forward. I'm
0: uh, I'm making a note right now. I absolutely like I make notes as we go, but when people say something that like catches me, I, I love to make a note and then put an asterisk with a circle around it. It's what I do. Um, so when I come back to my notes and I can figure it out. But when you just talked about attention to detail with a string hanging off your button can equate to a wisp of smoke coming from a window or missed something missed during your vitals or, or, you know, work up on a patient that right there is killer. Cause that is exactly why attention to
1: detail matters. Yeah. 100%. Regardless of how big the task, how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you don't, if you don't wash a window good, well, then you're probably not checking apparatus good. If you don't take time to to fold something nice and neat, then maybe you're not putting your wagon or your ambulance back together nice and neat. And all those things play into the bigger picture.
0: That's awesome. I love it. So your, your proby class, um, do you find a lot of people come to you with zero experience or do you find that you're picking up a lot of, say, volunteers or guys from other jobs that come over?
1: I would say it's probably a 50, 50 mix. Wow. Okay. Some classes, you know, will sway one way or the other a little bit more. Sure. Um, You know, and truth be told, like those that have previous experience, like that'll certainly help them maybe with some of their study habits or their comprehension of the material. But we're still taking whatever material they know. We're teaching them the Frederick County way of of how we want this. So we teach to the University of Maryland the MIFRE curriculum. But all of our programs have then been enhanced to go over Frederick County specific items. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And, And the reason why I ask is because I was talking to somebody not too long ago and they have primarily uh, volunteers or uh, guys that are transferring over from other jobs that, that populated one of their probie classes. And so the instructor staff uh, probably didn't work as hard as they probably should have because they took for granted that more was known. But the other aspect of it, too, was there were a couple of kids mixed in that have never been firefighters before.
1: And, yeah, and, and it can go either way. Yes, right? So like, right? If, if you have people with no previous experience, that can work in your favor because that's people that have no bad habits. <laughs> yeah,
0: but it's it's also where I was going with it too, Chief, is that this poor these poor people in that class have instructors that are taking for granted that they should know these basic things. But if you've never been a fireman before, right? Like, you have zero expectation. Like, you don't know what to expect. You've never done anything any of it before you don't even know the theory behind most of the conversations. And Sorry. so they can get lost in that shuffle. And so it needs to be treated the same across the board from day one, whether you have experience or not, they got to be, they got to be broken down and built back up together.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. You know, the whole the experience thing, will say that's kind of a, uh you know that's up for interpretation sure you know what some what some consider experience you know oh yeah i got i've been i've been a volunteer at a station that runs 400 calls for 3 years and i'm not you know not dogging those people but that's different than someone who has 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 worked an entire career on engine companies that you know or ambulances that run thousands of calls yeah I,
0: absolutely i'm not taking away from any but what the, the point of the conversation is is that you know to set that level of expectation and and to start at the basics and the theory behind basic and then run it up through the way you do it you're setting that stage in the level of expectations and culture from day one i love that yeah
1: everybody starts at zero I love that
0: man. I love it. So, what's next? Um, you got your hands full coming up. Uh, anything exciting or passionate in the fire service right now that you're like, hmm? You know, this keeps me up at night. Or driving home from uh, driving home from the academy every day to see your beautiful family. You're like, man, this has been on my mind. Could be anything, anything in the fire service or anything in life that you've just been like circling about. Because I know I have a thousand of those things in my world.
1: Uh. I did. Uh, there's so many of them. It's tough to put my finger on any one, but, uh, you know, some of just trying to trying myself being now removed from, you know, operations, day-to-day operations, just staying relevant with some of the things that there you go. that are new, you know what I yeah, mean? So yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, some of these, uh, the, the different types of, uh, of energy systems now, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, whether it's the solar panels or these electric cars, sure, sure. electric scooters, you know, just trying to make sure that, that we're prepared as an organization to combat them. You know, though we may not see them at the same frequency as, as like, New York City. I know they're getting ate up with the battery stuff right
0: Yeah, now. that lithium-ion stuff is, like, multiple times a
1: day now for them. Yeah, that's insane. It is so, insane, uh, but it's coming. <laughs> It is, it is, and uh, I, I doubt we will ever see that frequency, but yeah, already, right. we've already had it, we've already had some here, Yeah. you know, so just making sure that everyone is as prepared as possible, um, you know, we've had a couple bulletins sent out, I know our guys, like, on the hazmat side of the house, uh, they're, they're prepared to, to, you know, mitigate some of those emergencies, and, and just kind of, you know, just like, just like anything else, like, the, today, this is the plan. Well, as time goes on and we run more of these calls, or nationwide people run more of these calls, well, the plan's going to change a little bit because we're going to find a, a more efficient way to do that. So, just kind of staying on top of that stuff, um, you know, by talking to Talking to you know the neighboring organizations or, or you know w- fortunately with email and the internet you're able to, to connect with people that was never possible you know years ago uh, to, to seek out some of this information. I know uh, a couple months ago they had a big solar panel fire in Prince George's County and I'm you know I'm fortunate enough to know some people there so I was able to uh, reach out to the battalion chief on the call and just kind of pick his brain like hey man so what what did you guys do for this or you know did you have any issues with this or you know did you just And you can, you know, that's just that one topic. You can do that just for about anything. uh, hundred percent. And
0: and what I love about that, I just wrote down staying relevant and I like circled it, underlined it. Like that is such a a great topic to talk about. And for uh, a person in your position of Italian chief of training, to not be inquisitive and to not rack your brain constantly on the, the what's happening in the relevancy of the American fire service. Because what, if you don't do that, then you're not bringing anything back for your own people. And for you to be in an influential position that you're in, the more inquisitive you are and the more willing you're to put yourself out there to get information and to show some vulnerability you might not know about solar panel fires as much as maybe the next guy does. And for you to ask those questions only makes you better, which then makes your department better.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and, and, and I think that that ideology and that mentality is is starting to spread throughout the organizations because I get emails from nice. all time, Hey, Hey, chief, have you yes. seen this? Yes, that's um, awesome. Or, you know, hey, we just they just built this in our area. What, like, what do you think about this, man? And uh, that's cool because, hey, I'm connecting and I'm able to weigh in a little bit. And I have to be a little tactful because I'm not necessarily their chief. So I, I make it known like, hey, this is this is Frank's opinion on this. But this is something you need to work out with, you know, with your chief. Yeah, 100 so, percent. Um, but
0: to create, to, to get the conversation going. Yeah, to, and, and
1: that's, that's important, man. Conversation and just having a discussion. It, it's so underrated. It is is so underrated. Listen, if
0: I could do what we're doing right now for the last 41 minutes and 16 seconds, that tells me on the board that we've been talking, if I could do this all day long with guys and to just share the conversation and the passion that comes through conversations like this, because listen, man, at the end of the day, I'm passionate about it. That's why I do it. And you're passionate about it because you're willing to take my call today and, and talk to me about a few things. So like that fuels what we do and we need more of this.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, and and I Beautiful. don't uh, I don't know necessarily where the breakdown is uh, for where people who are reluctant, and, and I think there's a lot of distractors sometimes, you know, uh, in, in the fire service and just in life in general, yep. but sometimes, you know, you, you don't, you, you just kind of, oh, yeah, I saw that, and then don't really think any deeper about it, or what would I do here, and, or, you know, there's just a lot of other responsibilities, you know, so it's, it's definitely a balancing act, but um, though it's important to, you know, maintain certifications and, you know, clean the firehouse and do this to me. Operations always trumps everything else.
0: Word, I love it. I love it. Well, Chief, thank you, brother. I'm so happy you joined me today for a quick chat, and uh, I think so much came out of this. And I think, um, I think, what you're doing and the passion that you have, and, and being able to mold and shape the future of your department. Is awesome. So keep up the fantastic work. I thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, if people want to reach out, Frank Chief, where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? Uh, if you want to share your social media handle or your email, um, you know, if that's okay and you, yeah, you're sure. interested in conversation, please share.
1: Uh, so you can definitely find me uh, on the Instagram uh, at uh, Firefighting Chief, uh, and as well as uh, you can reach out to me via email at uh, F malta malta at frederickcountymd.gov i
0: love it man well listen don't go anywhere i'm gonna sign off but i just uh, again thank you so much for taking some time out i know how busy you are uh and i know you're home today with the kids so i want to get you back to that so thank you brother for uh hopping on a call with me and it was nice to catch up you and i haven't spoken in a while so it's been nice to catch up over the last few days Pleasure's all mine, man.
1: Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you, brother. Hang right there. Everyone, thanks for tuning in for another episode of National Fire Radio on the audio platforms. Please leave a comment, share it, send it, share it with people you know. Spread the good word because the more we talk about the fire service, the better we make it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.